This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Father, open your word to us today that we might walk according to your spirit, we might walk according to your power. God, I ask you, let the exuberance of my heart not block the simplicity of this message. That you didn't send the Holy Spirit to just make us shout, dance, and fall out. But you sent the Holy Spirit to set us on fire, to be a light in the darkness. In Jesus' name. Amen. Before I began to prepare this message, I had quite a time in my study. The presence of the Holy Spirit pouring out, I, I began to study uh, and translate a, a, a certain portion of Scripture that, that's always been a little confusing, but as revelation came, joy came. Let me say that again. When revelation comes, joy comes. And I think a lot of the problem is sometimes people fear things that they don't understand. So with revelation comes joy. Now some of you, when I say revelation, you're thinking about the end times. I'm talking about like something's revealed to you. Joy comes when you understand it. Something happens around you in God's house and uh, this is not my original plan, and I don't want to get off track far here, but something happens, maybe somebody gets a little emotional and you don't understand it, it doesn't usually bring you much joy. Let's just say somebody gets really excited and, and gives out a, a really loud <clears throat> victory yell. All right? Anybody? If that happens right behind you, it freaks you out a little bit. Anybody? Maybe a little bit? Okay. I get that. I get that. But if you're in a church that doesn't understand that, it would be odd. But I had somebody tell me one time, they said, we don't know why y'all act the way you act. And, and then I said, well, tell me about how your church goes. And then I said, nobody does this. And they said, well, that sounds sort of like what happened at Revival when my brother gave his preacher calling. I said, well, explain it to me. They said, he stood up and gave his preacher calling. My, my mother screamed at the top of her lungs and just fell over. I said, she fell out? She said, no, she fell over, not out. I said, different way of saying things. And because of the different way of saying things, people fear what they don't understand. And the reality is that God is up to something, but until you get revelation, you cannot be as joyful as others are when they see God moving. Because it makes you question. And I've told you and told you and told you, if you ever go to a church that says, don't ask questions, then you're in the wrong church. God's not afraid of your questions. He's big enough to handle them, and he can answer them in his season and in his time. I'm telling you that I learned scriptures this morning myself. I'd never seen them until I had to break it all the way down to the original and they went, oh, that's what that means. I get it. I understand it now. 
So when we start walking in revelation, and that's my goal tonight, is to give you some revelation that doesn't scare you, okay? I went to a local church. I will not call the denomination, but I will tell you there's one of these on every corner here in the South. While I was in that church, somebody, I was sitting there quietly, and all of a sudden an old man behind me screamed out, I want you to sing 424. I about came out of my chair. Sing 424. Then I realized he was calling the page number of the hymnal. They stopped the song they were singing, turned to 424 and sung 424. Somebody at the end of that song said, screamed right beside me. I mean, my skin's crawling. They screamed. They said, sing 226. I imagined what would happen in this house. If you scream like that at Pastor Paul, he would probably cry and walk off the stage. The security team would stand quickly beside you. Not because one's right or one's wrong. It's just because people do things differently. Some people have messed up minds. You go into their garage, and every tool has a place. They trace the tools. Somebody, am I stepping on anybody's toes? I don't know. They trace the tools. It's perfect. <clears throat> Some of us, you can't walk in our garages. Come on, much less park in them. It doesn't mean one's better than the other. It simply means, I'm, I'm feeling like you need to get what I'm trying to teach you tonight, is just because you don't understand doesn't make it wrong. There's different ways of looking at things. God's wanting you to get this. Zechariah chapter 4 is a strange place to go to discuss the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Listen to what it says. Then he said to me, this is what the Lord says. The way you're going to hear the Lord today in your life is the Holy Spirit. I need you to understand that. The Spirit is the one who's speaking to you. This is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force, nor by strength. Or So you quoted King James and quoted like this, not by might, nor by power, but by my, oh, there's the Holy Spirit in Zechariah. You're not going to win by pushing on with a blatant determination. You can't break your way through to victory. What you need is the spirit of the living God active and present in your life. This is what the Lord of armies, heaven's army says. He says, nothing, not even a mighty mountain will stand in Zerubbabel's way. A mountain can't even keep you out. I mean, you feel like you've ever faced a mountain you couldn't move. Your problem is you tried by force. It will become a level plain before him. 
And when Zerubbabel, when he starts moving by the Spirit, by the what? Moving by the Spirit, it will become a level plane before him. And when Zerubbabel, I'm going to tell you, I, I feel such an unction of the Holy Spirit in what I'm saying to you right now. I might not be yelling and screaming, but I feel what I'm telling you. And when Zerubbabel sets the final stone of the temple in place, the people will shout. You need to understand. He's facing and we'll talk about this more in a moment, a major obstacle trying to accomplish the building of something he could not build on his own. And he says to them, look, it's not going to happen in his strength. It's not going to happen by sheer force. It's going to happen by a move of the Holy Spirit. And the mountains that try to keep him out are going to fall like planes before him. And it'll get to the point when he lays the final stone, then the people will shout, may God bless it. May God, in other words, look what God did. Look what God did. See, you know what part of the problem problem is, and I'm, I'm already losing my, my cool, and, I, and I'm trying to stay there, but part of the problem is we don't want to give God the glory he deserves. We want to say, look how I overcame, look what I did, but what we need to be able to say is I couldn't do it on my own, but look what God has done, amen. He said, but then another message came to me from the Lord. He said, Zerubbabel is the one who laid the foundation of this temple, and he will complete it. And I tell you, God's interested in you finishing what's been started. Amen. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me. Do not despise these small beginnings. Can I just go ahead and tell you, some of you have lost sight of God's vision for your life because you don't feel like you've made any progress yet. Can I just tell you what just jumped in my heart? I, I'm not saying this is from God. You're in church on Wednesday night. That's progress. Are you following me? That's progress. People say, it's like it used to be Sunday night. When you preach on Sunday morning, you preach to everybody. On Wednesday night, you preach to the core and the saints, all right? Some of you are going, well, how did I slip in this crowd? <laughs> because don't despise what he's got started in you. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Notice this. The Lord gets excited to see the start. Because he can see the end. He gets excited when he sees the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. May the Lord bless his word. Now, I understand it's vacation season. How many of you plan and save for vacation season? Anybody? How many of you wish you had planned and saved for vacation season? You know how it is. You leave with a pocket full of cash. And you come back with a backpack full of memories. Well, and your pockets are, well, usually you come back a lot earlier than you expected. Because there's not enough in your pocket to fill up your backpack. In our first trip to one of our favorite vacation spots, we got there and we had such sticker shock that we realized the images we had of doing all the fun things you see on the commercials 
were not going to happen. We were just glad to be there. And when a frozen pizza cost $24.24, we decided that God called us to peanut butter and jelly for the week. You see, that's what usually happens. Usually when you think what things are going to be like, you get there and it costs you more than you could imagine. But I'll never forget there was a trip that I felt distinctly led to go on to Mexico to minister. When I went, it was a really hard time in our financial life, mine and Christina's life. And I went to a foreign country with probably less than $160 in my pocket. I'll just go ahead and tell you what my plan is whenever I leave the United States. I try to have enough to get me back home if possible. Well, I didn't. But when I got there, as I began to minister, God began to do something. Increase began to come into my life. Now, you've got to understand, I go to a church to preach in other countries. We give them an offering. We give the missionaries offerings. We bless them. We care for them. We try our best to minister to them. But on this particular trip, I went into this series of churches, one specific series of churches, and when I went to bless them, they said, what are you doing? I said, well, I, you know, I'm supposed to bless you. You know, you've been kind. You've taken care of me. They said, are you not our guest? I said, well, yes. They said, what do you do at your church when you bring somebody and ask them to come in? And particularly if they come in at their own expense, what do you do? I said, we give them a love offering. They said, are we not as good as you? I said, where's it at? <laughs> Can I tell you that I came home with much more than I went with? And said to them, if you want me to come back next year, please get on the calendar soon. But guess what? I learned something on that trip. It wasn't what I had prepared for. It was what God was at work doing. Listen to me now. This is the Holy Spirit. It's what God was at work doing that was going to give me more than I expected. I hoped just to have enough to get home. But God had an increase coming. Listen to me. What do you do when you find yourself being charged more than you expected in life? What do you do if I told you that when life levies unexpected withdrawals on you, you can actually end up coming home with more than you left with? What I'm trying to say to you is that when you go through a trial that the enemy thinks is going to take you out, that if you'll learn what Zechariah is trying to tell us here is stop walking by your own power and stop trying to fight the world and learn how to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's more than a dance and more than a goosebump and more than a out, but he's an ever-living present God who has come to level the mountains before you that you can come back in victory with more. This is important. You see, there's some things you need to learn about serving God. 
Now, many of us don't know what to do when we get blindsided by an attack of the enemy. Now, listen to this. If you were to go to the main training center at Paris Island for the Marines, you would find a sign that hangs in the hallway between the instructor's office and the student's classrooms. And this is what it says. Listen, this is what it says. You don't rise to the occasion. You revert to your training. Hoorah. I didn't feel worthy to say that. But he says, you don't rise to the occasion. What you do is you go back to how you've prepared yourself. You listen to this preacher tonight for just a moment. When you are in the middle of the fiery furnace, it's a little late to start looking for the fourth one in the fire. You need to know him before you step into the fire. You need to know him when they go toward the fire. You need to already have spent time with him in advance so that you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit that when hell breaks loose on you and they give you the diagnosis that you're not looking for your healer, you already know his name name and you can already hear his voice you can give him a better praise than that tonight come on I'm talking about a God who's always with you now listen to what I'm about to tell you some of you go well I'm trying well listen to me how you do anything is how you will do everything if you're only giving it halfway then you'll give God halfway. If you work halfway, then you will only give God halfway. If you're always looking for the easy way out, you're looking for the easy, but don't you know that's the first problem we have as humanity? What do you think the problem was in the garden? God would show up. I don't care how awesome sinless man was, they were still man. They were clothed in glory. See, people people say, well, they didn't know they were naked. Well, not only did they not know they were naked, the reality was they weren't naked. They were clothed in glory. Anytime you find anybody who walks in the presence of God, Stephen, when he saw Jesus on the throne, and Moses, when he went up on the mountain, when they came down from those places, they were clothed in glory. They would walk with God in the cool of the day. They were clothed in glory. So when they sinned, the glory left their life, and they realized their imperfections. But the whole reason they got in trouble in the first place was the devil showed up and said, I know you realize you're not God, but guess what? If you eat of that fruit, you'll be just like him. Hold, hold on. You mean I, I, I can stop having to walk with him and trying to imitate him, and I can just do that and be like him? See, the whole problem in the first place was man was trying to shortchange the process. And the whole problem for most of our lives is we try to shortchange the process. I've been here long enough. I'm obviously well enough. I've got my right mind back. But you have not yet overcome the highs and lows of seasons that you hadn't walked through yet. You haven't gotten those messages that you don't like coming from home. You haven't gotten those seasons that when you're away from family at a holiday. I'm preaching right to y'all for just a moment today. 
listen to me. You have not yet walked through those valleys and you don't know how far it's going to knock you down. You haven't had to celebrate the anniversary of your divorce yet. You haven't had to remember when you were harmed yet. You haven't gone through those dark days before. But when you have begun to walk with Jesus and you realize something, watch this now. What do you do when you just kind of halfway serve God until you hit a valley? You'll leave yourself lost in the valley. But if you'll keep your head high, no matter where you go, and realize I can't fight through it on my own, but if the Spirit is with me, I will come through. I will overcome. I will win because it's not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit. That's why you need the Holy Ghost. Amen. You see, if you're faithful with a little, you're going to be faithful with a lot. Here in this passage, I'm jumping ahead, but I think I think right now we need this next slide. Give it to me real fast. The Holy Spirit is the difference between the best you can do and the best God can do. You need this. Listen, we're talking about Zerubbabel. i got to put this in context for you. He is the leader of the remnant that have returned to Judah with a God-sized vision. They didn't only want to come home. They wanted to rebuild the temple. Nebuchadnezzar had destroyed in 586 B.C. They had come home. Guess what? It's half a century later. Guess what's not done? The temple is not rebuilt. How many of you say they're a little behind? Getting the permit. Come on now. And Zerubbabel is staring at the stones of these ruins, and the Lord says to him, it's not by force, it's not by strength, but it's by my spirit. Hmm. I will not digress far, but my Lord God in heaven that will preach. Stop staring at the stones of ruin of your life, trying to figure out what to do with them and lift up your eyes to the spirit of the living God who has a master plan, who says, stop looking at the waste and realize I see the finished product and you, Zerubbabel, are going to finish what I have sent you to do because you're not going to do it anymore. By half a century, you've tried to figure it out. Well, guess what? Some of us, for half a century, we've tried to figure it out. But God has looking to us saying, no longer are you going to try to figure it out by my spirit you're going to become it you're going to do it I'm going to anoint you I'm going to use you I'm going to send the promise that I gave you into fruition why? I will take, give back everything that the enemy has stolen from you why? because you're going to stop trying on your own and it's by my power amen That's not why you're talking with your hands so much. It's because there's so much bottled up in here. I, I'm too old to run up down these stairs. Without the help of the Holy Spirit, I'm below average. But with the help of the Holy Spirit, all things are possible. I mean, that might be the problem some of us can't confess. Without Him, we can do nothing. So let me let you in on a little secret tonight. God wants to do things in you and through you that are beyond your ability, beyond your resources, and beyond your imagination. Why? 
I told you this earlier. So he gets the glory. I'm about to give you a word direct from heaven right now. I'm swapped from pastor to prophet. The reason you can't get your answer is because you haven't spent enough time with him yet. Stop searching the internet looking for your answer and get on your knees until they hurt. They watch you. Those around you watch you. I, I, I always say God gives us our wives to humble us. The other day I left here and I preached my heart out. And honestly, it was probably, I felt like the worst sermon I've preached in a long time. You were so kind. Many of you were like, wow, that changed my life. And text went on all afternoon. I walked through the door and I said, honey, did that make any sense? And she said, well, that wasn't the best sermon I've ever heard you do. I said, well, thanks for being honest with me. Everybody else lies to me, but thanks for being honest with me. And you know what? I'm, that's her right, not yours. Come on now, man. But you know what? The ones that God sends to keep us humble, they're watching us too. I heard her one day. She said to somebody, said, you ought to come into Don's office. She said, the floor is literally worn where he prays. Honestly, I'd never noticed it. I'd never noticed the worn spot in the floor. But I realized that's where I do my best fighting. If I fight there and get up here and pour out, it's a whole lot better for all of us. Your problem is not that God doesn't want to answer you. Is that you have not yet fought where you need to fight. You ever feel like you fought the world? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You ever feel like you fought the world? Some some people are born with them. Just I mean, they're ready to fight everybody and everything. All you got to do is just speak and it's on. The problem is they're fighting the wrong direction. We don't fight against flesh and blood, but the powers and the principalities of darkness and the weapons of our warfare are not earthly, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Get along with God. Am I preaching truth tonight? Yes. How's this working for you? Is it coming across okay? Yes. I hope you didn't have to lie right there. Come on, amen. <laughs> you see, when you get a hold of the Spirit, God will get the glory. How's that going to happen? Again, by the Spirit. How many of you understand you can't feed 5,000 pe people with five loaves and two fish? But when you add God's Spirit to the equation, you have more left over than you started with. You see, it's called a multiplication anointing. I just need to say what just jumped in my heart. Some people would say, okay, for $99.95, I'm going to give you my multiplication anointing right now. Oh, you better run from the building when somebody does that. I can't give it to you, and I don't even know if I can impart it to you. But I can try to live it in front of you. And when you get faithful to God, you'll find it on your own life. He is no respecter of persons. He wants to fill all of you with his anointing. Fill you all with his power. 
Somebody said to me, Pastor, is salvation free? I said, yes, it is. I said, but you be careful and realize the anointing is not. The anointing will cost you everything. The move of the Holy Spirit, the way we've been pursuing, will cost you having to repent and walk away from what you think is your right to do. Let's say preach on. Won't you notice verse 7 as I've now finished my introduction? Not even a mighty mountain. What can stand in your way? Not even a mighty mountain, according to the word. And this is getting good. I love this because, if I'm not mistaken, he's talking to a mountain. You look at it, he says, not even the mountain. Not even you. What is your mountain? See, there comes a moment when you've got to stop talking to God about your mountain and you need to start talking to the mountain about your God. And I have no idea what your mountain is and what you're facing right now, but I do know that God will help you see it leveled in front of you. Well, he doesn't do that anymore. Yes, he does. Well, he wouldn't do it for me. Oh, yes, he will. What is your mountain anxiety? Is your mountain addiction? Is your mountain anger? Is your mountain unforgiveness? Is your mountain depression? Is your mountain frustration? Is your mountain fear? Is your mountain some diagnoses that you have received? Listen to me. It's time for you to start telling your mountain about your God. I'm going to give you a simple truth that will change your life. Testimony is prophecy. Let me say that again. Testimony is prophecy. I wonder how many times we whine about our problems when God's already given us the victory. You're an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of your testimony. Your testimony is prophecy. What does that mean? Pretty simple. If God did it before, he can do it again. If God did it for me, he can do it for you. Come on now. Testimony is prophecy. I would say that's probably my greatest attribute in ministry and life. I see somebody else do it, and I ask myself, why can we not do that ourselves? Because with God, all things are possible. And I realize if he did it for them, he can do it for us. I realize when we get to the low points of our lives, I look back at the places he's already brought us through. Some of you have been taught, put your path behind you and leave it there. Leave it there, leave it there. Well, that's good to leave the sin behind you and stop acting like the devil that you once used to act like. But you need to remember what God's delivered you from so that when the devil comes trying to knock you down again, you can say, no, you don't understand. That's not who I am anymore. That's behind me. Look what God has done. Look where he brought me from. God delivered me from the cell. God delivered me from the razor blade. God delivered me from depression. God delivered me from fear. He delivered me and God brought me through and blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm going to keep on going until the mountain falls before me. Amen. Amen. God's good. You see, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
So if he did it then, he can do it now. Nothing, not even a mighty mountain will stand in the Jerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. Put your name there. You see, you don't go around the mountain. You can't spell testimony without a, oh, I don't want that. And you can't stand in the hall and cram for answers. you got to pass the test. How? You've got to learn to cultivate the character and curate the change that those mountains are going to bring into your life. Then you will overcome them by your testimony. And testimony is what? Prophecy. It's truth. Listen. I believe that God is activating faith in your life. I've been preaching to you for months now. Believe. Continuing faith. Listen to me. God is activating the gifts of the Spirit in your life as well. Just because you don't understand it all, don't resist it. If God does it, don't do it, though, if you feel like somebody else is trying to make you do it. Let God give you what God wants you to have and become the person God's called you to be. And as you learn to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit as he pours out into your life, not trying to imitate brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so, but trying to say, God, I may not understand all things, but your word says that the Holy Spirit's for me. I need you in my life because that power is what's going to level the playing field. It's what's going to move me forward. I think the problem is this. We hear one person shout, and so we learn how to shout. We see another person dance, and I want to tell you, you might try to dance like Mike, but it's never going to happen. Well, not for this. This boy. It's never going to happen, but I I learned early on when the Holy Spirit comes to my dad, he does one of two things. He either gets loud while he's preaching or he cries back there in the pew. Listen to me. Somebody else might shout. Somebody else might dance. Somebody else might uh, pray this way. Somebody else might give a prophecy. Somebody else may lay hands on somebody in faith. But you listen to what I'm about to tell you. What we need are people who stop questioning whether or not God can move and say, God, the only thing I know is I need you to move in me, through me, so that it becomes a level playing field. so that I can win this battle because I believe you sent your spirit to give me what? Power. To give me what? Power to overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Say power again. Power. My goodness. I felt the Holy Ghost on that. I believe this. Verse number 10, as quick as I can get there, do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. I had no clue where I just I just popped into my head, but I'm going to show it to you in just a minute. To see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. Some of you don't feel as free as some others do in worship yet. Okay. There's nothing wrong with you. Well, all I do is sing. Can I tell you what to do then? Sing with the Spirit. Well, all I do is, I just about all I can muster. Well, if you're going to wave at somebody, wave at the Spirit. Come on now, amen. <laughs> well, 
This is all I do. Well, all right. Then do it with the Spirit. This is how, how I dance. The Jewish prayer dance. Come on now. Some of you ever notice that? <laughs> then dance before the Lord that way. I might not be able to dance like Miss Wyndham can dance back there, but guess what? I can do what God has equipped me to do by His Spirit and stop trying to be somebody else. And when a church starts realizing that if we all start doing what we can, when we should, by His Spirit, He will start pouring out. And you might better watch out because this might turn into this. And, and then you might have your hands up and God might give you a word to preach. God might give you a prophecy. God might give you a tongue. God might give you an interpretation of talk. God might have you lay hands. You want to see somebody get excited? Let you pray for somebody and see them get healed. I guarantee you come through those doors, you'll jump up and click your heels when you do. Come on now. Why? You'll lose your woo and you, you'll get all excited. Why? Because God did it. When God did it, people will say, that's not real. And you're going to say, you can believe what you want, but he was blind. Now he sees. You see, some of you think God wants these major things from you. But stop and think about what God is saying when he says, God rejoices to see the plumb line, which is an ancient measuring tape that helps things get square. Watch this. God got excited when he saw them drawing the plans. Well, I'm not finished yet. I've still got problems in my life. God gets excited when you just start planning to do better. Now look, I am not saying this, and I do not want your garbage. But if I were to stand up here and say, I'm on a diet, five of you would send me a text as fast as you could. Here's how you can do it, Pastor. Ten of you would bring me diet bars that help you through the day. You want to help me because you want me to be healthier. Does that make sense? Am I making sense with that? You want me to be what? So you want to help me be healthy. And all I said was I was thinking about it. And not really. I don't want you to jump. If you got a Swiss roll you need to get rid of, let me know. Not really a Twinkie fan, but hey, all right. Well, listen to me. Why do you get excited? I mean, it's like I, I went to a gym for a meeting, checked in one time, and Facebook lit up and said, we knew you'd finally get there. And I said, how'd you know I had a meeting here? The reason you got excited was you wanted something good for me. The spirit of the living God gets excited when he sees you make baby steps because he wants what's best for you. He's not sitting over there going, they're just not there yet. I just don't think they're going to make it. No, he's like, here, this will help you, and this gift will help you, and this power will help you, and this will help you all along the way. Here, why don't you take a little bit of this, and why don't I send this in undergird? He'll give you one of those songs that make you want to just jump up and shout. Come on now, amen. And your song, one of my friends loves that, that song. What's the name of that song? What's the name of the song? Shake, rattle, and roll. What's that? Rattle, rattle. 
I pick on him and say, shake, rattle, and roll. He's like, no, rattle. He gets to crying and shouting. I'm like, we've listened to that thing 15 times the last four hours. But the Holy Ghost touches him when it moves. God will give you a song. that will get in your spirit. Because he wants you to overcome. All right. Ain't God good? He celebrates the small steps of faith. Now listen to what I want you to hear. God is great not just because nothing is too big for him. God is great because no action is too small for him to notice. I'll say that again. God is not only great because nothing is too big for him to handle, but he's also great because he sees every minute detail of your desire to move forward. Let me close with these words. Don't you stand with me tonight. The Spirit will help you have more left when you have crossed the mountain or the mountain has fallen before you than when you ran into the mountain. When you burn with God's Spirit, you don't fear burnout because the fuel within is only increasing. Let me say that again. When you burn with the Spirit of God, you do not fear burnout because the fuel within you is only increasing. Your testimony of victory becomes your fuel to and for the prophecy of what God and only He can do for your future. Here's what I have pretty much learned. The best laid plans of man must become subject to the plans of the living God. I think most of us have painted too far of a picture of what our life has to look like and we're trying our best to get God on script. That's the neat thing about the Spirit. He goes where He wants and He blows as He wishes. He's not limited by the things of this earth. He's constantly rewriting scripts. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at Warhill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 815, 930, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.